0: He said it because of his wet blanket energy. (laughs) Unhinged. That's actually unhinged. Hello and welcome to She's All Batch. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Jackie. And we don't care if you're here for the right reasons. We are just happy you're
1: here. So join us as we talk shit about our favorite show. Okay, before we creep, guys. Fox Fest (laughs) 2.0. I was on such a high this whole weekend after Foss Fest, and i had seen a bunch of friends on saturday afterwards because I was doing a little birthday celebration thing and everyone was like, oh, how was your show? And the thing I kept saying to everyone was like, I honestly couldn't imagine it going any better than it went. Like it
0: truly went perfectly. Really I was so happy with it. Like everything was perfect. I, it, it went great. I loved getting to meet FOTS in person because these are people that I've spoken to on social media for such a long time. And just a quick shout out to some people off the top of my head, but like Donna, Sierra, Abby, Courtney, Nicole, Miriam, and your dog, Lauren, Alyssa, and so many others. It was just so cool to meet you guys. And we thank you so much for taking the time out of your night to hang out with us. I think some people were surprised that FOTSFest Fest was an, we gave an actual episode of She's All Batch, which is on our Patreon now, both the audio and the video. It is with Bachelor Encounters, six Bachelor Encounters, a bunch of really, really juicy creeps, and a full interview with Olivia Caridi that was surprisingly, like, Extra tea spilling. Yeah, I would say she's truly
1: jaw dropping, especially one particular moment (laughs) that she revealed where she dated a former bachelor and was set up by said former bachelor by his ex fiance. That's a log line, guys. Come on, that was the juiciest. When she said that, literally, my jaw was on the floor.
0: Yeah, his ex fiance from the show, his like winner, quote unquote. Yeah, when she revealed that, I was like, wait not only going on this date with this bachelor, but you were set up by his ex-fiance from the show? Like, how did that work? Also, this has never been talked about anywhere else. She's like, oh yeah, no, I just never told anyone. I'm like, oh, okay, decided to share at Fest. thanks. But Jason Foster showed up. He chimed in a little bit. Oh, I told you guys mm-hmm. that I would I would get back to you on the status of Zach Clark after that Tasha story. And I asked him on the spot, like, how is Zach doing? He says he's awesome. Jason was just so awesome and talking mm-hmm. to all of the fots, mingling with everyone. It was so
1: fun. I just, like, I had such a blast. And, like, the turnout was great. I think it was just, like, positive vibes the whole time. Crowd could not have been better. Just, like, like a lot of times people would, like, chime in at things we
0: were saying and we would, like, chat back with people. It was really a fun time. I think another thing, when we record the podcast and we say something that's funny, mm-hmm. we don't know if it's really funny. Right. Because no one is there to laugh. And to, like, say something funny and then hear people laugh, that was just so fun. That was just so cool for me. Yeah, it was really cool. So yeah, again, like we said, the full bonus episode that is FOTSFest 2.0. So essentially, it is an entire episode of She's All Batch that is only going to live on Patreon. Creeps, Mm -hmm. encounters, what Caitlin Bristow's bachelorette salary was. Lots of really good tea over there. And again, yeah, you'll find out who Olivia went on a date with after she was set up by the guy's fiancé. Crazy. Go over to Patreon for that. But let's get on with today's show. Yes. All right, guys, let's creep. Speaking of Caitlin Bristow's bachelorette salary, Chris Harrison talks about that story on his podcast because his podcast, like I said, is no longer about relationships. It's about bachelor stuff. Mm-hmm. But he talked about negotiating his own salary as the Bachelor host and how mm-hmm. each time he said it was like a battle with ABC and he would always have to fight for more and more mm-hmm. money. And this is what Chris said We are all expendable. Every time I went up for a contract negotiation, we could have been the number one show in the world, which sometimes we were. And they would come to you and say, Yeah, you know, the, the show's struggling. We got to cut back. Um, you know, we don't use you as much as we used to. We don't need you. You know, they will just just bury you. And so, you know, I, I told Caitlin in this podcast we did a couple of years ago, Caitlin, if they treat me like that, if I'm a pimple on an elephant's ass, what do you think you are?
1: Jeez Louise.
0: Did you low-key call Caitlin, like... The pus on the pimple of an elephant's ass. Like, that is such a weird way to put that you're low on the totem pole. Yeah, I've never heard that phrase before. I feel like he literally just made that up. He just made that up. But I kind of like it. We should start using it. But yeah, I don't
1: know. I'm... I just need Chris Harrison to kind of get over himself a little bit. Like, yes, obviously every time you're going to negotiate for more money, regardless of what your job is in literally any industry, they're going to like push back on you. And like, that's what negotiating is. You're not just going to be like, Hey, I'm Chris Harrison. I've been hosting this show for a while. Give me X amount more dollars. And they're not just going to be like, Oh, here you go, bud. Like, like, thanks so much. Obviously it's going to be a push and pull in a conversation. I don't think that's that weird regardless of who you are. And they're not wrong in saying, yeah, Chris Harrison, you kind of are replaceable. And they don't use him as much. So, literally, I feel like his job got less and less and less and less as the show went on. So, I mean, like, good for him for pushing for more money, but, like, they don't have to give it to you. I just don't
0: understand the entitlement. This episode actually was, I thought, was pretty good of his. Mm -hmm. And they talk a lot about negotiating and give a lot of tips. And I thought it was interesting. He did say... That he thinks ultimately the end result of him leaving the franchise may have had to do with ABC realizing, well, if we just replace him, we could save a lot of fucking money.
1: That could have been a contributing factor, but he just loves to deflect away from, like, the real reason he left the franchise. And it's like, yeah, that might have been a side thing, but, like, let us not forget something else happened there. And he just loves to pretend like it didn't and just be like, oh, yeah, and the the ratings are bad and they don't know what they're doing without me. It's just, like, it's very self...
0: Involved. He touches on how one time he like ABC tried to stick it to him because he was like doing too many other hosting jobs and they kind of wanted to like get him in check. And do you remember when Sean Lowe hosted like the live after Paradise shows? Mm. He like hosted it with some woman. They did like a live after that happened. Yeah. This was like several years ago, back when like Ashley I and Jared were like a current love triangle thing. Uh, they, did, they had like an After Paradise live show and Sean hosted it with some woman and he said basically on the podcast said that that was ABC's way of like getting Chris Harrison in check like stop doing all these other hosting jobs like you are the bachelor host and we'll find replacements for you if you don't realize that this is your job and he's like they saw how much of a disaster that was and they realized never again will we replace chris harrison <laughs> oh my god because sean didn't do like that kind of a job
1: yeah well i mean i feel like if they were they should have found maybe someone else to like someone
0: who's like a, a seasoned host and maybe they an would've... actual host well jesse was yeah jesse exactly. has hosting background so he actually ended up being a really great replacement for chris i didn't think he i don't think chris saw that coming though no absolutely not but it's
1: just Yeah, it's just like an ego thing for him. I'm just like really sick of him making up reasons as to why he left the show other than the reason he left the show.
0: That's fair. All right, moving on. So we actually have an update on the Peter and Kelly saga and it's not good news. So Barb, Barb Weber, Peter's mother, has once again unfollowed Kelly on Instagram and I feel like all signs are pointing to splitsville yeah i think this is honestly all the confirmation i need like they're
1: broken up there's no way that that's not the case i think barb really just has like official say on these things and if (laughs) she's unfollowing kelly i don't see any other scenario where they would still be dating everything's fine but why would barb unfollow her then because they
0: liked kelly i think they liked the relationship the amount of times barb has followed and unfollowed though it's Mm. been quite the journey. I feel like she needs to stop. Like, if they get back together, she shouldn't follow anyone anymore. Well, did she, like, unfollow every single time they broke up? I think so. I mean, I, I haven't literally you know checked, but I would I assume so. I respect that, though.
1: Like, you know, you have your family has to stay loyal and unfollow your exes.
0: So, go off bar. And we know how much she, like, very much stands by Peter's side. And I could see them having, like, a Weber board meeting. And they're, like, all in favor of unfollowing Kelly. Approved. And then everyone goes and unfollows her.
1: Absolutely. I am shocked, though, that they seemed – I mean, obviously, like, you know, I'm saying this is official because of Barb, but it's not technically official. I'm shocked, though, because I said this when they got back together that, like, they shouldn't get back together unless they really think it's the real deal because they've broken up so many times. And so to just yet again break up, like, what are they going to learn? Are they going to just do this for the rest of their lives? And, like, break up, get back together, break up, get back together. Like, they've done
0: it, like, ten times now. Hopefully this is lesson learned, though. Hopefully they've, like, they got it out of their system. Mm. Now they can go move on. And I think the next person both of them date will be their person. Also, it means they're both single just in time for paradise. Interesting. I don't think Peter would ever go. And wasn't Peter supposed to go last summer? I think they asked him. Remember he was supposed to go? I don't think he would ever go again, though. We creeped on it. Remember, it was like he got June off. It was something about money. And we said he had, like, something about air miles. (laughs) I don't fucking know. But he was supposed to go last summer. And something with timing didn't work out. Also, update, Kelly also unfollowed Sweet Nums. Mm, So that's done. It's over, guys. It's over. I don't know. I really don't see either of them ever going
1: back to the show. But here's to hoping. I would love a little, like, I don't know, get Peter down there. Get I guess all of... I used to have this epic vision of, like, Peter, Hannah Brown, Kelly, Victoria Fuller, but now Victoria's in a relationship, Hannah Brown's in a relationship. It wouldn't hit the same. Oh, Madison no. Pruitt married. I used to want all those girls back on the beach
0: with Peter, but they're, they've all moved on. Well, COVID kind of ruined that whole thing, because that would have been their season. If that was the time I was at the peak of my fame, I would have been so pissed, because Hannah and... Should have gone down to that beach and been like a paradise superstar. And then yes. we didn't have paradise. And then by the time it was like time to kind of like ride that wave, she was already moved on. In a relationship. Yeah. And she's engaged
1: now to that guy. So like she's very moved on.
0: Well, and, uh, she's probably better off, but I'm saying For like sure. to not be able to ride the fame wave on the show. Absolutely. Kind of a missed opportunity. But, yeah, I think this is all the confirmation we needed, and I just wanted to touch base because we've covered this before, and it seems as though we're not going to get a breakup statement or anything. It's just going to be they fade. slow fade. Slow fade, and then, like, soon, in a few months, we'll just know that they're done. Yeah, I agree. But, all right, well, moving on. So, Carly Waddell... From Chris Souls' season, she's always been a singer and she is dropping a new single in May And she released like a preview and you could like pre-save the song And the single seemingly jabs Evan Bass So the song is called Your Friends Like Me More And a line from the song is I don't care who you're dating, your friends tell me she's a big step down I ain't keeping score, but you should know your friends like me more Yikes, I know I don't love this, honestly. that, but if you hear the song, you'll love
1: it. Will I? I don't know. I'm like, aren't we past like jabbing other women who are
0: like doing nothing wrong in a situation and just dating a man? I saw some of those comments. Yes, but the song's a bop. So if you wanna hear the preview of the song, go to Carly Waddell's Instagram, it's pinned.
1: The thing is with this song, this whole thing is just like, I don't care, I don't care, I don't care. And nothing says like you really do care than writing a song about it and releasing it.
0: One line doesn't really make too much sense to me. You'll miss me when it's 2 a.m. when you call your friends and I'm out with them. Who's calling people at 2 a.m. these days? I'm not. Did have you uh, when was the last time you called your friend? Like at literally 2 Saturday. So I'm not really one <laughs> to talk. 2 a.m. Uh what was yeah. your birthday? It was your birthday celebration. We did have a
1: little birthday celebration, yeah. But I don't know. Sometimes I accidentally sometimes you accidentally stay out till five. I don't know what to tell you. It okay. happens to the best of us.
0: Okay, fair. Um, fair.
1: But I do agree with you given the fact that like how many kids do they have? Carly and Evan? obviously like not to together together anymore but like split custody of their kids they have a, a few kids right they're probably not going out till 2am they i believe they have
0: two evan has a handful as well probably not on the regular at least you definitely totally. have your your nights where you go out but i wouldn't think it's a regular occurrence that you're out at 2am and evan's calling his friends looking for them and they're out with carly which is what right. the song is leading us to believe <laughs> And, and and again, is this directed at Evan? That's what people are wondering. I don't see how it could not be directed at Evan. And how do you write a country love ballad about Evan Bass? Like, that guy has such a character arc. What do you mean, though? Like, you can write a song about anything. Well, no, I'm saying, like, going... If you remember Evan at the very beginning, at JoJo season, he was, like, the nerdy guy that was kind of uh, bullied yeah. by Chad Johnson. And now, like, all these years later, he's getting, like, love country diss tracks being written about him. Just did not expect this. On my bingo card. No, for sure. It's just, it's unfortunate to me because it's like, this is just screaming. Like, I care a lot
1: and I really want to stick it to you in some way. And I think the more powerful thing would to be not making a song like this. Make a song about something else, like going out with your
0: friends. Not with Evan's friends, friends. Till 2 a.m., yeah. (laughs) Till maybe 12.30 a.m. Yeah. I think that's a reasonable time. Go out out at a reasonable hour. Go home and get some sleep, guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We are adults and it's hard to function without good sleep. Absolutely. And I think the best way to get good sleep is to slip into nice, buttery attitude sheets. You guys know how much we love attitude. Yes. Attitude Sustainable Bedding is made from the world's first non toxic bamboo fabric. They are luxuriously soft, smooth as silk, and more breathable than cotton. And it's the perfect sheets to slip into after coming home at a reasonable hour from a bar. <laughs>
1: So right now, She's All Batch listeners can get $25 off their first bedding order with code she's all batch for a limited time. So if there's any time to upgrade your bedding, guys,
0: now is the time. Take this as a sign if you were thinking of getting new sheets. Yes, and their clean bamboo sheets have been performance tested against competitors to be more effective at keeping you at your optimal comfort level and body temperature, which means you get quality sleep after having a few drinks because you need to, like— refresh and regroup. You don't want to wake up with a hangover. Not saying that these sheets will prevent a hangover, but they may help. Yeah. I mean,
1: any little bit helps. So you might as well just try. And the best part is if you don't like them, you can try them 30 nights risk-free and then return them if you're not absolutely obsessed and in love, no questions asked. So you really have nothing to lose by just trying them out. So go to editude.com slash
0: she's all batch. Use code She's All Batch for $25 off. That's E-T-T-I-T-U-D-E dot com slash She's All Batch. Happy sleeping. We also want to take one more second and talk to you guys about Lumi deodorant. The weather
1: is getting warmer, guys. I am so excited. I feel like we are slowly creeping on summer. The sun is shining. The birds are chirping. Spring air is nice and warm. But the thing about that air is, it does make you sweat. But thankfully, Lumi deodorant is here to keep us smelling nice and fresh when we need it the most and where we need it the most. So this deodorant works for pits, privates, and beyond. Let's face it, our underarms
0: are obviously not the only place that smells bad (laughs) sometimes. Lumi was created by an OBGYN who discovered and proved in clinical testing that the vagina is not to blame for day-to-day odor below the belt. So she developed Lumi, a unique formulated pH balanced deodorant. It's aluminum-free, skin-safe, and clinically proven to control odor for up to 72 hours.
1: Yes, and guys, their scents smell so good. So they have amazing ones like Lavender Sage, Clean Tangerine, and Fresh Alpine, and my favorite one, the toasted coconut that I literally wish I could eat. You'll smell better than ever. And also, they've launched some new scents for spring, and they have mint, cucumber, and soft powder. So...
0: All of those sound amazing, honestly. I actually like that they've released a soft powder because I feel like while I love the toasted coconut, I don't want to eat my deodorant. Like I don't want to feel like I want to, you know. So I feel like soft powder will bring me back in in check. That like yeah, it'll this ground food. you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. A special offer for our listeners, new customers will get $5 off their Lumi starter pack with code She'sAllBatch at lumideodorant.com That equates to over 40% off your starter pack when you visit Lumi Deodorant and use code She's All Batch. That's L-U-M-E-Deodorant.com and use code SheesallBatch at checkout. Okay, moving on, so at ThoughtsFest, we had six Bachelor Encounters, and they were like lengthy, good ones. I think the audience really enjoyed it. The guy, the people that have listened on Patreon have really enjoyed it so far. Go check out the Patreon if you want to hear these Bachelor Encounters. Because of that, though, we don't have any new ones this week because we read so many at ThoughtsFest. So if you guys have Bachelor Encounters, please submit them to me. In place of Bachelor Encounters this week... You guys know we did a Love is Blind recap. That is also on our Patreon, but we're going to play a clip of it right here for your listening pleasure. If you want to hear the full recap, go to the Patreon, but here's a little preview for you. People really didn't like how she met with Josh, who like came out of nowhere and came back and said that he loves her. I like forgot who he even was. Yeah. Also too... The fact that, like, they had that party and the
1: only person they bring yeah. back that didn't have a relationship is, Josh, just to really, like, stir this pot, I just thought it was funny. It's Same. like, do you think we're dumb? Yeah. Do you think why he, really, is he like, here? are you guys were
0: trying to push this. Yeah, exactly. But I never got then why Ir- Irina wasn't invited to those parties. Because not like mm. I wanted to necessarily see more of her on the show. I think she could have done a good job at ruffling the feathers. Like, I, the one thing they didn't ask Micah was, and something I wanted them to ask was, What's the status of your relationship with Irina now? Did Irina or Paul, did Irina ever reach out after you guys split? Like, there was always some weird love triangle feel between Micah, Paul, and Irina. hmm That I feel like Irina could have ruffled some feathers by going to those types of parties. Totally. That, like, the fact that Josh was able to go, why not have Irina go too? Yeah, it's
1: weird. I wonder if maybe she just, like... Once she left, maybe either production was mad at her or she was mad at production and she was just kind of over it. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe she really did. When she left, she really was like, I'm done. I'm leaving, you know? Right. Yeah. But I agree. That could have been interesting. Also could have been interesting for... Zach and Bliss, because I think the only little hiccup in their relationship was the fact that Bliss was initially insecure that she wasn't picked first. And I
0: totally get that. That's valid. So keep bringing Irina around to kind of stir that pot could have made some drama. Yeah. So, Netflix, if you are subscribed to our Patreon, hopefully you're taking notes. (laughs) Because I mean, when at those parties, the only really interesting thing that would happen would be Kwame and Micah would do something inappropriate. But then once they stopped doing that, you're it's just the same people standing around talking that we see talking in their apartments so right. I, there needed to be like the the most interesting part of that specific party was Josh coming mm-hmm. and talking to Jackie I thought that was just a producer ploy and Josh like she was gonna completely write him off I am blown right. away that they are still together today and the whole dropping the ball on that live stream thing so like when did you actually oh. watch it?
1: Like an hour and a half after it was oh supposed my to God, start. Guys, That's what people were saying. I was
0: fucking livid. Like so <laughs> mad. I planned my whole day and I was so excited for night. Like I got ice mm-hmm. cream and I was like ready to go sitting on my couch. I sat on my couch and didn't move from 8 o'clock to 9 30. At 9 30, I finally got up because I was like so mad. I actually said to yeah. my husband, I said, I swear to God, if Nick Lachey doesn't pull down his pants and take a shit on the floor, it, that's what I felt like I deserved <laughs> after waiting that long. Like give me something totally. dramatic because you made me wait this long
1: to listen to the rest of this episode our love is blind recap episode you guys can go to patreon.com slash she's all batch and when you go there you'll have access to our entire back catalog of other patreon episodes so by joining now you're kind of saving money by getting access to all the stuff that we had released in months prior so yeah that's patreon.com slash she's all batch
0: all right, guys, we have Marlena Wesch here. She is from Clayton season of The Bachelor. Marlena, welcome to She's All Batch. Thank you for coming on. Of course. Thank you for having me. So how did you get on Clayton season? It's such an interesting season because the girls didn't know he was going to be the lead prior, correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah.
2: So I actually got on this show because I applied for it. Um, jokingly, though, which is the funny part. I applied, I had just got out of a very traumatic relationship with a narcissist and I, I deal with things through humor and that's the way, that's like my coping mechanism. Um, so I'm like, you know, extremely heartbroken, just depressed everything. And I'm like, well, let me apply for the bachelor. See (laughs) if I can find love that way. And I applied and literally probably a month and a half later, someone called me and I'm like, oh, that's a joke, right? (laughs) And they were like, no, we really would love to, to interview you for it. And I'm like, uh, okay, cool. Like, you know, I'm, I, I try everything once.
1: So, yeah. <laughs> so, How, when did you find out that Clayton was going to be the bachelor? And you obviously, yeah, obviously, because Michelle's season was airing while this was all yeah. passing and happening. Yeah. yeah.
2: So, I found out two weeks before we were to report to the mansion. So I had to, so I was working at a financial institution. I was the vice president of human resources there. Um, And I had to literally tell my CEO about this and he gave (laughs) me an ultimatum and he said, it's either between the show or your job. And I was of course, very successful making a lot of money. Uh, And, but I, there was, there was something about my life that I just, it just, I, I, it was just empty. Right. Um, It was part of it. Of course, probably the love aspect. Right. Is I was very successful. Um, You know, I, I, you know, owned a couple properties and I was doing doing really well for myself. But I didn't have that love aspect of my life that I really craved. And so for me, I was also very young. You know, I'm 30 years old and, and it's kind of like, well, I mean, I can always I can always work right? Like Mm -hmm. I can always work. Let me take some time off and actually figure out what I want from my life. And let me try this opportunity and see actually what comes from it. And so I told him, you know, well, I'm choosing the show. And he was very surprised that I ended up choosing the show. Uh, And I literally still, I chose the show and still didn't even know who the guy was, right? And then a couple of days after that, we all found out it was Clayton. But the funny thing is, and I know this probably sounds like a cliche response, as everyone's like, well, I looked at the list of potential suitors and Clayton was one of them. He really was. You know, I had I had picked a couple from just kind of their cast photos because that's all we saw. Um, and Clayton's photo, he had a good photo. Let's be yeah, honest. Yeah, I mean like, he's like a good
0: looking guy. Yeah.
2: Photos are terrible. Like if you can take a good photo, especially <laughs> as a male, like, okay, you might yeah. be a
1: good person. So <laughs> Did they ask you, like who you wanted to be the bachelor out of the possibilities? They did ask me. And of course, um, I
2: ended up saying Mike Johnson. Um, mm. We're <laughs> but, big fans
1: of Mike here too. We're always talking yeah. about like, he would have been the perfect bachelor. He
2: would have been, exactly. But they honestly, I don't think they asked me who I wanted the bachelor to be. I think they said, look at the cast photos for Michelle's season, because it's going to be someone from her season. Okay. And tell us who looks interesting to you. Okay. And Clayton was one of the ones that I
1: had chosen. It's Interesting to me that they knew at that point that they weren't going to pull someone from another season. And they, yeah. I guess, like truly, they can do whatever they want, they can always change it at the last minute. But that's
0: interesting to me that they were so honed in on Michelle's men. Well, we right. just we just spoke to Cassidy Tim Brooks from your season as well, yeah. and this came up. And I was like, given that also Katie's season was right before that with Greg Grippo and Andrew Spencer and Michael A, it yeah. seems very yeah. weird to me. Why they were like so honed in on pulling from Michelle's season when there were so many great guys from Katie's season. Right. But Clayton was a great bachelor too, and we had him on as well. So we're <laughs> no hate towards Clayton. Clay fans. We're big, no, we we're are. Clayton's, we're in Clayton's corner, if you will. But I uh, <laughs> wanted to pick your brain. So recently, uh, Mike Fleiss separated from the franchise. Mm-hmm. Do you think that the show will be better off without Mike Fleiss? No. Why? I don't.
2: I feel like the show originated the way it originated, right? It's it's kind of like the origination of the show has always been and always had the specific demographic that it will always continue to have. Um, I personally don't feel like changing the executive producer or director or whatever his title was, the creator, is going to actually change who watches the show. Uh, the show is based on, I mean, being honest, like the show was based on a white man finding love mm-hmm. with 30 white women, right? And then they started sprinkling diversity in there. Um, didn't mean that more viewers started being more diverse viewers. People just were watching the same demographic that we're watching from the beginning of the show. So I personally don't feel as if Mike being fired has anything to do with the show getting better, getting worse, um, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I personally don't feel like it will because they fired Chris Harrison and we're still experiencing the same exact things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I personally, it's, it's, it's a no for me. I don't, I don't think that it will get drastically, it will drastically improve unless it goes to a streaming platform like Netflix. I do think that it would, if it did. Just, Just as long as I don't
0: do anything live on Netflix. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Right, right. I think it's because of the streaming platform as well. Let's be honest. You know, look at the demographic of people that actually even have cable anymore. Mm-hmm. I only have cable because my HOA provides cable. You know, the condo that I stay in. Mm-hmm. If I didn't stay here, I wouldn't. I wouldn't pay for cable. You know, right. I'd be paying for Netflix and or and Hulu and things like that, where it's like a specific dollar amount per month that I can actually control those expenses. Right. Um, you know, the average American that actually has cable is not a very diverse group of people Mm um so i think it's all based on that as well if they were to move to a streaming platform i definitely think it would get drastically better
0: because the The audience audience? is already there you're saying
1: correct
2: yes because the audience is already there
0: i always wonder if they'll
1: go to hulu at some point because abc is um owned by disney and disney has a majority stake in hulu i really think that could be a smart decision
2: I, well, they're on Hulu, but they're on Hulu like the day after, so it's never like live on Hulu, right? Right. right. No, I'm saying like
1: get off ABC, like right. get off cable to like right. real streaming, but right. I don't know if they'll ever do that. See, with we were music- hoping
0: we were hoping with the um separation of Mike Fleiss we know that he brought a lot of negativity and and seemed to be like yes, he created the show and had a brilliant idea from the start, but. He seemed to kind of be very much stuck in his ways. And we feel like the show really needs a fresh makeover and hoping that with him not being there anymore, maybe we can get that fresh start that he, maybe he wasn't allowing to happen because he was so stuck in his ways.
2: Yeah. But how many of those people did he hire that are also have the same, the same viewpoint? Yeah. Him? I don't like know who's under him team, right? and like
0: yeah. what's going to happen with that. So true.
2: Right. So it's, it's kind of like you have a CEO And the CEO has hired the entire C-suite with the same mindset, the CEO, you fire the CEO, doesn't necessarily mean the company is going to change, right? You're going to have to change everything about that company, how the entire company thinks.
0: Right. You're just not optimistic that they'll be able to turn it all around at this point.
2: Um, not until they go streaming.
0: (laughs) That's fair. Yeah. Well, um, back to Clayton season, you got on the show. Who did you slash the other women think was the front runner? Like, was there someone people saw as a threat?
2: I wouldn't say a threat. Susie had been my day one since day one because we were <laughs> both from Virginia Beach. Uh, and we kind of bonded off that. When I first walked in the house, I found out that Susie and Claire... We're all from Virginia Beach. Never knew those girls before. And I'm sitting here like, oh, my gosh, seven, five, seven. We're in here. Mm. We were taking shots night. one. I mean, we had such a good vibe that and then when she was the first, you know, she was the first one on one. I'm like, oh, yeah, this girl's girl's going far. (laughs) I thought that it was Susie from from night one. Even when Teddy got the first impression rose, I still thought it was Susie.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah that's what Teddy got the Teddy, first impression yeah, rose. Teddy yeah Teddy kind of threw me for a loop because I I mean the guys are like the worst with first impression roses in the sense that those people don't always necessarily go far like obviously right. Teddy's a great choice but I feel like girls are better at choosing the first right. impression Rose because then usually those people will go far but Teddy she's looked at it at night one and then she really didn't get much attention for the rest of the season
2: yeah and and so the funny thing about I had, uh, my first episode or season of The Bachelor, of course, was Matt James season for multiple reasons. Um, and so I wasn't really too familiar on, I guess, the um, just, just kind of how the show even works as far as who makes it far, who doesn't make it far, um, you know, based on the history of the show. So for me, I I had no opinion on, okay, she got the first impression Rose. She's definitely going to be like final mm-hmm. three. Um, you know, I I think Teddy was absolutely let's be honest, every single girl was drop dead gorgeous. Yeah. So that pressure alone of just like walking into the room and seeing all these tens, and you're just like,
1: I know I'm a strong eight and a half. Oh
0: please. You're a 10. I I feel like if you can get on that show, like you're a 10. Yeah, Yeah, confirmed. (laughs) But what about Rachel and Gabby? Did people see them as front runners?
2: I don't think we saw them as front runners until they started having more time with him. Okay. And then as it got closer like to towards the end and you're starting to see their connection because of course you're on group dates and you see the connection you're just like, "Okay, never mind. It's very apparent that we're back here and they're up there." Yeah. So, I don't think it was until probably, you know, a couple of, you know, weeks in to the the show or the season that we started to recognize that okay, Gabby and Rachel are 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 fairly up there.
1: Okay. Yeah, his messing, his ending was very messy. Though, were you surprised by how that all went down? As someone who obviously knew all of those girls, I was say I already knew. <laughs> I was like, I oh, already so knew you knew how, how it was going on. to go
0: before it aired. Wait, <laughs> yeah. what happened? I, what? I already,
2: I, I already knew what had happened. Of oh. course. <laughs> oh, true. But um, but no, after watching it, it's different when you watch it, right? Versus, right. You know hearing from the grapevine or or whatever. Um, you know, and for me, it was uh, the one thing about these TV shows is it's it's so hard to kind of analyze what's going through people's minds, um unless you're that person, right? And and people love to see things through their own perspective and their own lens without actually knowing the full backstory. Um, me personally, I think, yeah, it was, it was I can't say it was wrong of him, but I think that all of the bachelors in the past have slept with everybody. Did they not?
0: Close. I mean, depends. It not depends, everyone. yeah. Okay.
1: And sometimes they're know, not so open about it.
2: Like, let's be honest. I probably would have slept with everybody too, even if I had a front runner. I'd be like, okay, might as well. So my bro <laughs> oats. <laughs>
1: For sure.
2: Like I would have definitely done it. But and then also, you know, producers probably were like. You need to tell him. You need
0: to tell well, her. You need to tell her uh, absolutely. You need to tell her, you know? That's the thing. You don't have to tell them in a group setting, do yeah. a group breakup. There was a lot about that season that was a little right seemingly producer pushed. Right. Um, I want to know how you well, you said that you found out. Like, were Gabby and Rachel texting in a group chat or something? How did you find out?
2: Um, I have my sources. <laughs> Someone in the cast. We were all in a group chat. We were all in group chats. And of course, whenever someone would come home, you would kind of just find out like what happened Mm -hmm. because they would either respond to someone like some things and just like, oh shoot, so-and-so's home. So you found out from there, like how someone got eliminated or one of the girls would add someone to the group and say, Hey guys, welcome. Mm -hmm. So-and-so, you know, they're going to be away for a little bit as they kind of gather themselves. Um, and so, you know, you find out who got eliminated when and, you know, but not really what happened until you actually watch it back. Um, I just, I kind of knew that he didn't end with anybody. That's, that's what I knew. I'm like, Oh shoot. He didn't like nobody. Okay. Mm. And then actually watching it back and then seeing what actually transpired and then finding out that, okay, you know, he's with Susie and all right, this is, this is interesting. Right. So. Yeah. What is your
0: most, Oh, you'll ask yours first. 70. So you did from Clayton season. You didn't go to Paradise. Were you asked to go to Paradise? I was. Why? Yeah. Why didn't you go?
2: I didn't go because I had a very traumatic situation happen to me uh, that was pretty personal. I was in a, a situation with somebody that I actually did think that I was wanting to be with. Uh, and it took a left. It took a left completely to where it literally fucked me. And I told myself that I did not also want to succumb to the mind fuck of the producers, as well as what I'm going through personally in this phase of my life and relationship. Yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't capable of being mentally there. And in order to go on that show, and I will tell anybody that's interested in going on that show, you have to mentally be in a place to where you are capable of withstanding the psychological trauma of a lot of it. And I wasn't there. So I I couldn't do it.
1: You bring up the um, producers and stuff. One of your most memorable moments on Clayton season was on that roast group date where you kind of like leaned into Shanae pretty hard but you made everybody laugh a lot. I'm just curious how much of that was pushed and how much you were encouraged to go after Shanae specifically because they were kind of crafting her as the villain. And what was the behind the scenes of all of that yeah. date? Um, Canada was fun, right? I think we got to
2: Canada. We all knew it was a roast because of the date card. It said something getting hot in the kitchen, too hot in the kitchen. If you can't handle the kitchen, stay off the heat or something, something along those lines. We're like, oh my God, it's a freaking roast. Right. I'd be like, like, it's a
0: cooking date. (laughs) Yeah, like, no, we
2: knew, we knew it was not a cooking date. They would not put us through a cooking date. So we knew it was a roast. When Russell Peters showed up. I knew of him but wasn't really too familiar. I knew he was a comedian and everything like that. I didn't know he was like the highest paying paid comedian in the states. Um but we literally got there and he was like, "Y'all, this is a roast. We need you guys to go hard." And he was saying jokes like the jokes he was saying about <laughs> He started making jokes. Of course, none of this aired, right? So he's making jokes about Clayton, he's making jokes about um about Jesse, he was like, okay, we see the two black girls in the room. How are y'all doing? Y'all just made it here by default. And it was the funniest. I thought it was absolutely hilarious. Um, you know, And like I said, I, I deal through things through humor. So I feel like I'm a comical person in general. Um, he ended up telling us that this is a roast. Like we're seriously roasting people. Like you gotta go as hard as you can or you're not gonna make it to um, the, the night date, the night portion of the date. Um, He was like, we're going to give you guys one hour to literally write down in your little black book that we're going to give you as many roasts, dirty roasts, nasty roasts. Who said this to you? Russell Peters, the actual host of the date.
0: Okay. Not producers. No, no, not the producers. Because saying like, you won't make it to the night portion of the date. Like what does Russell Peters have to do with that? He He was telling us that that we
2: wouldn't be able to make it make it further than that. If we didn't go, that's a lie in the roast.
1: (laughs) Okay. But I wonder though, if production was telling him to say those things to encourage you guys to like, take it really far in the hopes that someone would say something that would upset someone.
2: Of course, of course, that was the entire plot of the date itself. And so we had an hour, so we're sitting down. Um, of a lot of it is the producer sitting down with us, reading what we have wrote and then saying, mm, cross that out. Say this instead. Oh, okay. um, and then a lot of it, I would say probably 90 percent of it was producers saying, hey, say this. Um, There was a producer that ran up to me and was like, I need someone to say this roast about Shanae." And I read it and I was like, oh, hell no. Like, I was like, I don't I already know like the backlash that's going to come with this. And like, I need you to do it. No what no was it? it was the herpes joke.
0: Oh, okay. Right. So, so you did that. end up doing it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I forget like, what, I need... what it
0: was. She keeps coming back like herpes or something. Yes.
2: Yeah. That, that roast. And okay. so it was like, this producer was literally running around saying, I need someone to do this roast. I need someone to do this roast. Like who
0: you took the bait to
2: <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Yeah. All right. Whatever. Cool. Um, do you feel actually had a good up? relationship with Sinead though. So for me, it was more so like, okay, I'm going to take the bait. I have no beef with this person. So it, to me, it won't, it won't look as malicious from, yes, from the outside looking in, from the people actually watching it, it would look malicious. But from the relationship that her and I have and knowing, and her knowing that it's a group date, it's a roast, she won't be as mad, which is really all that mattered to me in my Mm -hmm. mind was that, okay, she's still going to be, that she's still going to be cool if I say this, if I don't. Right versus everyone else who actually did have some drama with her. Right, I I had no beef with the girl. I didn't really care too much for her, like you know I mean I not care too much for her. I didn't really care too much about a lot of the things that she did because it didn't affect me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one thing that I would say it was like it doesn't really affect me personally. You know the things that that's going on in the house with her. I have no beef with the girl. So I I said the joke. I took the bait and
1: yeah. <laughs> they could have been like more creative. I feel like too. They're like, Oh, we need all these jokes. and need all these jokes. And I'm like, all right, but write better ones than like the herpes thing. But yeah.
0: Well, you didn't go to the beach, but you definitely watched and commented and tweeted about bachelor in paradise. And a lot of your tweets made headlines. (laughs) One specifically you were talking about the Sally suitcase situation. You said, and y'all wonder why we be crying every episode. It's because we don't want to get on the producer's bad side and have a vibrator planted in our fake suitcase <laughs> on national TV.
1: Was- did you get a text from a producer for saying that first off? Because no. I feel like I they would be like, excuse me, no, don't say this type thing. No, okay. I interesting. not going to text
0: from them. Well, tell us about the fake suitcase vibrator. Like, what do you know? So what I
2: heard, and I didn't hear too much because I wasn't in the Bachelor like group chat thread because I wasn't there. So from everything that I heard was more so kind of one off when someone else got home and they were like, oh, my God, this is what happened. This is what happened. And then I watched it back and saw what really happened. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm glad I didn't go. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so from what I heard, it was exactly how it played out was and I couldn't even believe because it just sounded like a fabricated story. And they were like, yeah, this producer flew to her house basically dragged her out the house and said, no, you're coming to paradise, packed up her suitcase, drove to the airport and she was like, no, I got to do something else. I can't go and and this constant back and forth to the point where five different times where she declined and then she finally got on the plane. I'm just like, that's crazy because if I declined, I declined once, and then I actually did end up in the end saying, okay, I do want to go, right? And they were like, yeah, too late. Someone already took my spot." So it ended up being a blessing and a curse at the end of the day mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. when I had initially declined, um, I waited a couple of weeks and I was like, okay, never mind. All right, I'm I'm ready now. My mind's ready. I'm ready to go. And they were like, yeah, sorry, we already asked somebody else to go. Versus Sally, who declined <laughs> essentially five times and like, no, we need you on this show, right? Why and do you think just- they needed
1: her so badly?
2: I. She was the most talked about person on Clayton's season, like on our season, right? And she was only there for like an hour.
0: Yeah, Yeah, that's what I'm like. She didn't make that much of an impact. Can you confirm, was the suitcase actually fake? Was it like a producer setup?
2: I think the suitcase was her suitcase, but for sure the vibrator and everything else that was in that suitcase was 100% not hers, 100%.
0: Like why? Yeah. Like the whole thing is so yeah. yeah. It's not like she was known for vibrators. Like I could see if like right. Katie Thurston went to the beach and like they planted it to be funny because like that was her thing. But it yeah. seems like Sally was very targeted for no reason. And I just remember leading up to Paradise, they showed it in the preview, like them opening a suitcase and they blurted it out and all the girls are yeah. like yelling. Yeah. Do you think the girls knew and that were just playing along?
2: No, I don't think they knew. A hundred percent they didn't know. Okay, yeah, I, I think they really found the vibrator right and was like, are, "What?" Because I would have been surprised too, right? Like, who brings a vibrator to the beach? Honestly, um, nobody does that. And then because everyone also thinks about it from the, okay, this is my image, right, uh, on national TV. Do I really want to have a vibrator in here and be over sexualized by you know millions of people back at home? Um, you know, it, it it sucks. And then, but that's also what you sign, right? You literally sign a contract that states we can do whatever the hell we want to do with your image. We can do whatever the hell we want to do with just any parts of you. We basically own you. Right. And it's essentially what you sign up for. And that's the scary part about just being on
1: TV or on reality TV. I always wonder, like, wh- when people put it in those words of how strict those contracts are, did you ever get concerned signing something like that that says 100%. we literally own you pretty much? A hundred
2: percent, yes. I mean, and that's why I was like not part of the drama. I was so neutral. Like, that's why I never took sides, the whole Elizabeth and Sinead uh, thing. I did not take sides. I'm just like, I'm gonna sit here because if I take someone else's side, they're going to literally exacerbate my situation, my scenario, my viewpoint to make it seem as if it's worse than it is. Whereas I can just be neutral and just not say anything. And they're not going to, they're not going to say, Oh, Marlena, what, what's your thought on this? What's your, Mm -hmm. what what do you have to say about this? You know? So I was like, that was my goal
1: going in was like, just be neutral, be Mm -hmm. neutral. (laughs) Don't be drama. Why do you think so many people continue to sign those crazy contracts and go on this show? Is it just that like, the reward is so much more worth the risk. I always wonder, I'm like, at some point, I'm like, why do you guys keep doing this to yourselves? It was back in the day, right? Let's yeah, be honest. Right. The,
2: people, the people that didn't find love had millions of followers and they had very lucrative, you know, positions as influencers versus today's reality, right? Um, not too mm-hmm. many people are watching the bachelors and the, the, the shows that are on these cable networks, right? You, you go on Love is Blind, and you go on Too Hot to Handle, and you're walking away with at least like one or two million followers by the end of the, the season, right? Um, but people are signing, signing it because they think that they're going to live that life, right? They think that, oh my gosh, I quit my job. Let's be honest, 90% of people that are on the show quit their jobs to go on this show. So it becomes this fight or flight situation. It's like, either I be as crazy as possible so I can get as many followers as possible and hopefully live this influencer lifestyle, or I'm neutral and remember that I'm going to have to find a job after this, right? And will my employer be okay with me being the person that did this, that, and the third, that was seen as negative in the light of the public. Right. So.
0: Knowing so. all this, would you go to paradise this summer if they asked you?
2: <laughs> Hell no.
0: <laughs> okay. I, was, I thought you were going to say, yeah. <laughs> <that. laughs>
2: Hell no. No, not at all. I am retired from the bachelor franchise. I think that it's, it's become more of a comedy show than an actual real love finding show, right? I mean, I, I would be 100% interested in being on reality TV where it was competitive, where it wasn't about finding love and, and drama. It was more so about, all right, Marlene, you got to swim with these sharks to win a million
0: dollars. Like I would be on something like that. Wait, The Mole. Wait, so you're a former Olympian, right? Yes. <laughs> That's so freaking cool. Um, But have you heard of the show The Mole? I think it's on Netflix. No. They do. It's, um, it's like physical activities, challenges, like brain teasers, and it's all, um, for money. And one of the, one of the people among the group is the mole, but the person that's trying to sabotage them and you have to figure out who the mole is. It's a whole thing, but you would be so great for that because you have to be smart, but also physically like fit and able to like take on the physical challenges Maybe you should, let's get you um, applied for that show. <laughs>
2: let's, let's, let's get me on that. Yeah, yeah. I, would, I would 100% do that. But with love, I mean, it's crazy as well. It's honestly like exploiting yourself on a dating app, right? It's mm. That's really what these shows are becoming because- the percentage of people that actually stay together is very slim because a lot of people are looking for different things other than what it should actually be, which is love, right? People are looking for the Instagram followers and then they think, okay, I have all these followers. Now I have all these options, you know? And I I personally would hate to, to be like the the final one for somebody and then find out later down the line that they only chose me for the Instagram followers and the Instagram fame. Yeah. So I think that is like the largest and, and the biggest deceit uh, in my eyes.
0: What is life like for you post bachelor?
2: Um, it is interesting. Mm -hmm. I always have my regrets. I always regret kind of that. I did the show. I always wonder where my life would be if I didn't do it. Um, and just kind of being more regular, um, regular in a sense of, you know, now I'm in this like limelight. Right. And I'm not even, an important person, right. I wasn't even like a final three. I was really nobody. Right. And in my eyes, I'm not trying to water it down or anything, but I I, I ended episode five, right. I left episode five, but every single thing that I do from this day forward, mm-hmm. if I literally went outside and cussed someone out, right. I make headlines, bachelor alum cusses out pedestrian, you know, <laughs> and it, it's just now it's everything true. you do follows you. you could literally be nobody. You can, I can comment under someone else's photo and have my own opinion and everyone else have the same exact opinion. But because I was in the limelight at one point in my life, now it's highlighted, Right. And it's kind of like, it sucks to no longer be able to have a mindset of your own and have your own opinions because people are literally watching every single thing that you do. Mm -hmm. And it's just, to me, it's kind of just, I kind of wish that I didn't do it. Right. But I am very, very thankful and grateful for the relationships that I've gotten a chance to develop um, and establish. Like my relationship with Susie, like I love her to death. My relationship with Gabby, I love her to death. I love all the girls on my season, you know, and we still talk to this day. If I'm ever in LA, I'll hit up every single girl that lives in LA. I'm so thankful for that, for the relationships that I formed. On, on the show, that's that's the one thing that I can say I'm very grateful for. Um, you don't get an opportunity like this, like it, it doesn't happen for people. So I'm also very grateful for the opportunity to have been chosen for something like this. Um, I think it was pretty big just because of just knowing how many people actually apply for this thing and they're literally just like their dream is to be on this show. Um, and to have been chosen was definitely yeah. an honor, I can say. But um, yeah. I couldn't do it again.
1: Were you able to go back to your normal job that you left? Okay. (laughs) You're like, (laughs) you can't be the head of
2: HR now. (laughs) (laughs) And and that's exactly why that's another reason why I didn't do paradise. That's another reason why I didn't do paradise is because I knew me and the person that I am, my job, my profession, and then not even just my profession, because I'm also a real estate agent, right? I'm an entrepreneur, so I don't really need the job that I'm doing right now. Like I can be, I can be a real estate agent and be okay with just doing that and just doing entrepreneurial work and being on reality TV shows where I can be an asshole or I can be a villain. And I can really, wouldn't matter. Um, but I was starting a new job and I had to ask myself, like, how are you going to make money? How are you going to make money? You know, I, I, I think some people just do it because they're just like, thinking about the possibility of being an influencer. But let's also be honest, we're going to talk again about the demographics of this show. The the diverse candidates and the diverse cast don't have the same opportunities as the non-diverse cast. So I knew me being who I am, a Black woman, I wasn't going to have the same opportunities as my other cast members that weren't Black women, right? So I had to ask myself, what are you going to do after this? do you think you're going to sit around and someone's going to come to you with a $200,000 deal for, do you feel like,
0: do you feel like brands, brands weren't reaching out to you as much as your fellow contestants? Really?
2: hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just part of, I don't want to say it's part of the show, but it's the audience, right? It's, it's, and that's why I said the difference between ABC and a Netflix platform is you have that audience that is. So diverse, right. right? You have this span of people that are so much more open minded. They are so—I mean, it's it's complete night and day, right? So those brands are reaching out to everybody under the sun when you're when you're on a show like Love Is Blind, you're on a show like you know Too Hot to Handle, or you know whatever other streaming platform shows they have.
0: Also, those casts have representation for mm-hmm. all colors. Yeah. and all kinds of people. And I think maybe that's why more people are gravitating towards those types of shows. Exactly. Very true. Very true. Well, where can our listeners follow you and keep up with you on social media?
2: Yes. So I am uh, at L E N A H I L A R I, which is my nickname and my middle name, Lena Hilari. It looks like Hillary, but it's Hilari. Um, it's a Haitian name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm there on Instagram, and I am also there on TikTok. I do not have a Twitter anymore because Twitter is just bad. <laughs> well, Twitter's Twitter, where like you were making all the headlines. No, Twitter is Twitter is fun, but like I said, like being in the limelight, like everything you say, I just I cannot stand someone taking my words and twisting it up into their own. So I just deleted it. I don't, you know, I I post about my hair all, and that's. Really, what my passion is is my hair and spreading the word about, you know, black hair and, and growing black hair. And so that's literally what my page is about. I don't talk about the show on my page. It's which page,
0: your Instagram? On my Instagram and oh, my cool. TikTok. Yeah,
2: Instagram awesome. and my TikTok. So I don't, I've kind of like separated myself from like Bachelor Nation per se, but of course, always gonna be a supporter for anybody that I know that's on the show. Ch- uh, charity, I'm gonna, of course, mm-hmm. watch her season, uh, you know, and support her. Um, but you know, anybody else that I know that's going to be on the show, I would 100% watch for them and cheer them on. I I really look forward to seeing how the the you know the uh, franchise progresses after this fire or whatever mass exit <laughs> or whatever you want to call it. But I separation
0: yeah is what we separation were there it, you go. Yeah.
2: But I am um, I don't know. I really do not know.
0: Well make sure to follow Marlena and check out everything that she has to offer. And thank you so much for coming on She's All Batch and sharing a little bit about your journey. This was so nice chatting with you. It was so fun to talk to you.
2: Of course. Well, thank you so much for having me. Thank you.
0: And that's our show. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please make sure you are subscribed so you never miss a future episode. And subscribe to our Patreon so you can get full access to our bonus Fest episode that is a full She's All Batch episode with creeps and encounters and an exclusive interview that you won't find anywhere else.
1: Yes. And if you're looking for more of a She's All Batch community, join our Facebook group. Honestly, I loved at Fox Fest, seeing so many people that I've seen their names pop up so many times in the Facebook group. And it was so nice to put like a person to the name and profile picture. So we definitely get really like personal in there. Like me and Stephanie are always interacting with you guys
0: and chatting about bachelor news.
1: It's a good time some might say it really is
0: it really is at thoughts fest we gave away five merch bundles so please know that our merch store is alive and well uh the link to our merch is in the episode description we have a new sweatshirt that says literally why we have no wet blanket energy Fots. all the classics are there so go get your hands on some she's all badge merch quick shout out to our sponsors Go to Lume
1: deodorant.com, L U M E deodorant.com, and you can get $5 off your Lumi
0: starter pack when you use the code She's All Batch at checkout. You can also go to Etitude.com slash She's All Batch to get our most favorite sheets that we've ever slept on. We talk about them all the time. We love them. They also gave a really generous prize pack bundle at FOTSFEST where someone got like a robe, a towel set, a blanket, lots of really good stuff from Etitude. So make sure you go to Etitude.com slash She's All Batch for $25 off your bedding order. Follow us. You can follow Stephanie at She's All Batch. You can follow me at Jackie Maroney underscore. Is there anything else? Is that it? I think that's it. Goodbye, bitches.